Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi and welcome to the Prep Fears podcast brought to you by Predator Gaming. I'm Asa Pyrite and I am joined today by Fabian and XR Troika. And we're going to have a talk over all things esports basically, CG sports specifically, of course. And we're going to see what the state of play is at the minute and get a little bit excited about the major as well. We've got all sorts to go over. How are we doing today, X? Uh, I'm doing fantastically. Uh, I've not long arrived You're in the studio. In yeah, I'm in the studio. Not long arrived in Paris. Uh, straight off the flight and straight to the studio. So yeah, buzzing to be here. Dedicated man, Fabian. I can't believe you used everyone's nickname except mine. I mean, I've rebranded to Combat Muffin 27 and you're not <laughs> using my nickname? It's just slanderous. Uh, it's sad. Sad, really. So we are going to have a look, first of all, at esports around the world. going to take it as we always do it's a regular segment now we're going to go around the world we're going to see what is going on where it's happening who we need to be looking out for particularly thinking towards that major so i mean let's kick off with eu it's a region that you know we're all familiar with uh you know we know it well enough at the minute obviously there's a couple of teams fabian doing particularly well and um, we've got heroic wolves and rogue i think are the standout three what's your picture of I mean, I'd, what's your, <laughs> Careful, do I dare ask what's Careful your picture of EU at the minute, Fabian? <laughs> Let's go for it. EU is the weakest region in the world currently, um, and it's solely based on us not knowing how to play Rainbow Six. I think uh, we've lost it completely, but we have three teams that are doing well, and I think we have three teams that could be, in my, my opinion at least, they should be going out of groups. And it's Heroic, Wolves, and Rogue, obviously. And I think they'll all make Berlin, uh, which four team makes it. I'll be honest with you. I don't think it really matters. I don't think we're keeping the standard that we need to keep to be able to say that that fourth team is going to be doing well. We used to have in back in the days how teams could just like in Europe, if you got the fourth spot, that was like amazing because like we, we didn't really care who went through because we knew they would do well. And these days it's just like it doesn't matter who goes through. They'll go out in groups anyways. But yeah, we have three teams that know how to play the basics. And then we have... Uh, and they're just aggressive and adaptive at the same time. They, they have everything down to it. Then we have some lesser teams in Europe right now that I think I shouldn't talk about too much. Well, we'll I mean, we'll <laughs> talk about them a little bit in a minute, but we'll let X jump in on the top of the table at the minute. Let's focus around there. You know, we've got... Wolves have been a real standout team so far. They seem to have found their stride yeah. you know is it gonna go wrong towards the end of the stage like it has done before is the question it's very difficult to tell isn't it i think i was looking a little bit earlier about who wolves have played up until this point they've obviously played g2 in week one they played eminem in week two uh, and they played pawns the uh, the other day earlier on this week actually they played a three so is there an argument there to say that potentially they've not come up against the best 
of what EU has to offer. They've not come up against some of the people that they're rubbing shoulders with up at the top of the table. Is the potential for that then to, you know, get found out a little bit later on the line? Possibly. Just because they've won a couple of games doesn't mean they're going to go flawless through the stage. So it's early days. I think that that's something that's really important. But it really does feel like, on the whole, EU is in a real transitional period at the moment where they don't really See, know... See, we brought you for polite responses see... like that where Fabian just says yeah. they're the worst in the world. <laughs> you go with transitional and that's what we like. And transitional can mean anything. It can mean that you're not very good, but you're going to be better. Um, or worse. Or worse. Or better. Um, and I think that having that positive spin, um, I'm pretty positive anyway. Obviously, it's really easy for me to sit here and be positive about it because I've not been there and done it. Um, but It's all downhill from here, boys. <laughs> Fabian's projected now, I think. Um, it's Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? You know, we've seen a little bit. We're impressed with what we've seen. We want more. And there's opportunity for those teams at the bottom of the table to, to start doing something you know G2 are that team that I think everybody wants to talk about all the time the and it's really easy to forget that there's other teams inside of the league but they've really not hit that sort of expectation that we were looking for from them and that's not to say it's particularly a bad thing you know yeah. they're, they're going to be building you know you can't just put a load of players together and expect success straight away. No. I mean, I, we'll just touch on that point a little bit more that you mentioned there because I think it is interesting about Wolves particularly. We've yet to see them play against Heroic and mm. against Rogue. How do you see that going, Fabian? It, it, they, either team can really grab points off each other, but it's more about the play style that they have and just the way that it looks like when they're playing. They are standing out in comparison to the other teams. And that's the biggest difference between, well, Wolves, Heroic, and Rogue. And sure, they, it might be like, oh yeah, they're top of the scoreboard, so you're just praising them for that. But it's not so much about where they lay in points. Like yesterday on the broadcast, I said that I think Eminem might be the fourth team. And they're what, down at seventh? Yeah. And it's more about how they play rather than who they've played against. Because Eminem, for example, yeah, they're down in seventh, but they played both Rogue and Heroic now. So they have played against better teams. Mm. It's more the play style that they're proving and how they're playing the game with basics and adaptations and all of that stuff that I see that they are doing well. So it's those three teams, they are doing it good. I just don't see that even if they lose points against each other, they're going to win points against everyone else. Obviously, you can always choke. I mean, Wolves have been known for they do basically have being giraffes with the longest neck ever so they can choke at any point. Uh, it's... They do unfortunately have form, but they made it through to Charlotte and yeah. it may well be that, you know, that has been resolved and we'll see them going through much stronger. Interesting, um, sort of last point really for UL before we have a look around the rest of the world. Fourth place. I think there's going to be a real war for fourth mm. place. So at the minute, in my mind, the teams that will potentially fight it out over fourth are BDS, Pawns, potentially, Navi are making moves but are a bit inconsistent as are Eminem and then there's outsiders that again there's those three Navi, Eminem and outsiders are all very inconsistent we don't know what they're going to do at the minute um, but I think it, honestly I think it could be any one of those five teams I don't think we should rule out G2 completely I don't believe in them and I don't think that they have the mental right now to, to get this spot but all the other teams it could be really any one of them yeah I'd like that. I really would. I think. You know, I know you'd love to see Eminem at a, a major. I mean, the thing is, it's spreading a little bit deeper now, isn't it? It's not just Eminem. I look toward Navi and I think they picked up Skiddy and I'm thinking, you know, that that's someone that I'd like to see do well as well. You know, anyone that's touched the UK National League for, for a game, there. get them on the main stage as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think that, you know, it's always exciting when there's multiple teams vying for that spot and it's not clear. It should never be clear cut as to who it's going to go to. 
You know, I think the UK players, they ruined Europe. Uh, so I think Brexit should mean Brexit and we should kick them all out. Strong opinions. Um, <laughs> I think th- the thing is, it's easy to probably think BDS fourth. But honestly, yeah. with the way they've played, I, this, this play day that we've just had, we've just come out of play day, play day three, as you said, X, was actually a really fascinating one because I spoke to Brie Day in the interview afterwards. It was something, because I cast the game, it was something I picked up on at the time that they've reverted back to BDS objective play. And it really worked at times on the attack. It didn't at others, you know. But it was down to Citizen to pull out a 1v2 clutch. Or, two you know, times. Two times. And... So, BDS may now have a little bit of a run, but it's certainly not a guarantee for them. And that's that's strange for BDS. It is. Um, you know, we've seen BDS struggle internationally recently as well. You know, you think back forever, to Forever, really? Last couple of... To- well, you, you know, you think back to forever, you can, yeah, certainly they've say They've had that, some semis. They, they've, you know. they've been in, in and amongst it, but they really seem to be that team that's been just on a simmer. You know, they've never really got up to that boil and is, is now this time of they finding that secret formula again. I don't think that Siege in its current state, is very formulaic. I don't think that you can have your very set-in-your-way things. I think it is about that adaptation. It's about that flexibility. So while it's good that they can come out and bring that sort of traditional style, is it going to stack up multiple times? I don't know if it's going to be traditional style, though, and like old way of playing Siege that we did back in year four and year three. I think it's more about them having the basics down. Because what it's been looking like in in the beginning of the rounds is that they have no mid-round shot calling. And that that is the issue that they've been having completely. Like when I did the, the research on them for last play day, I just saw that they get all these basic errors in the beginning like we used to do, but then it stops. And it seems like if you can just get yourself that little bit of added info that this is one take and this is another one that we want to do and we want to see how does it look like on paper, yeah, it becomes more static and more readable, but at least you have a plan rather than no plan. And I think Europe, for example, right now, you're right, adaptation is the way to play, but we have teams that don't know how to adapt and we have way too many of them. And I think we're seeing both Navi and Eminem on the way upwards. I think Eminem is a really good team when it comes to adaptation. I think Navi now with new roles is going to do much better than they have so far. And it's just we need a team that knows the basic and know the idea of how to take things add on top of that all that adaptability. And that's what we're missing. Right now, our teams are either fully on the strat or fully adapta- uh, like adaptive, and there's no in-between, and we have no, I don't know. It, it sounds silly, right, when I said they're fully adaptive, but they don't look fully adaptive. I think that if I look at the teams and name them, I'd say that Heroic, Rogue, and um, Wolves, they're all playing with having an idea of how to play it, and then finding gaps and exploiting them. And then the other teams, they kind of find the gaps, but they don't shut call to take them. Mm. Mm. So Which is something that you went over with the illustration of BDS. Yeah. Was they, they get ready, they're there, sit there they for see a the chance, and, and then they sit and watch the chance yeah. sort yeah. of disappear a little yeah. bit because they don't push in. And it, it was three rounds in a row they did exactly the same thing in terms of letting the chance slip away. Yeah. So it's definitely not guaranteed which teams makes it. I just want to see the region overall do better. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think we can largely agree there's a good chance that we're seeing Rogue Wolves and Heroic being the top three that yep. go through in any order. Um, and then it is going to be that fight for the fourth place spot. But of Secret course... will take it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hot take. Hot take from Fabian. We are, of course, going to need other teams to play against. And there's plenty of them around the world. So if we move on to NAL, arguably the strongest region in the world at the minute. I mean, I they've, thought you're saving the best or last if you go into NAL now. 
I mean, <laughs> you've obviously got a Latin bias. Uh, but anyhow, you know, they won the Invitational. They've won the last major. Arguably the strongest region in the world. The one thing that I want to kick off with saying about NAL and get your opinions on is for the longest time I said that NAL had the strongest teams in the world. I'm talking when SSG were winning SI. Um, they had some really, they had like one or two really strong teams. And then EU had the depth. E- EU had like eight competitive teams. And that really seems to have, have flipped. And NAL right now is so unpredictable because they've got all these great teams. You've got Dark Zero currently sat in fifth and they've just won the major. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, what's going on? I think that if we compare them, I think it's, yeah, we've lost our depth in Europe. But we don't have the sort of top teams that NA used to have because NA still used to win events and Mm. do really well in events. Right now, the three teams that we look at being our top teams, they haven't ever really made it anywhere when it comes to deep runs in terms of when is the last time? Well, we had Empire in the grand final and that's that's about it. What's the last time before that that another team was in a grand final? Did we even have one for the last two years? I can't think of you competing. No, so, so we're looking at and they still made it to the grand finals when they used to have these top teams and they always competed for it, but we never have really. So even if we have more of a top heavy league now, we still have a less competitive league overall where our top isn't as good as the top used to be. NAL, however, they have, what, eight teams that are highly competitive. Anyone can grab points of anyone. Yeah, I think, you know, when you mentioned there about the standings, you were saying that, you know, Dark Zero, they've just won the major and they're currently in fifth. I don't think that's too much of a slight against them because you look at what's no, above them and you're thinking, not. you know, these are great teams. NA, for my money, are very good at playing NA teams. And that's something, I think, interregionally, their their competition is is much more fierce on their sort of domestic play days, if you will. Um, and then when they do go internationally, that's when you start to see, you know, the cracks starting to show a little bit more with certain teams out there. And again, you see teams like TSM do well. You see teams like Dark Zero do quite well. So for me, it's a very strong region in, in multiple ways. It's not just strong when we get to the majors. They're also a very strong region domestically. I think looking um, at the league as well, something that does jump off the page, obviously SSG missing the Charlotte Major, Mm. finishing in fifth place in stage one, now down in ninth place and really starting to struggle a little bit and things seem to have gone off the boil a little bit there. What I've been hearing from NA and players around is that they seem to be lacking a bit of leadership. It seems like even if we have the personalities that you and I can point out and say like, hey, these are the leaders obviously this is just stuff that you hear when you talk to people. I don't know if it's completely correct, but it seems like they lack the identity. I don't know if Troy was that big of a part of it though. Like if he was that, when he was playing with them, that he was such a big part of their identity and how they play. I generally couldn't tell because I think that they have the players to be a top team, but they're just not proving it right now. Not at all. Well, I mean, the results speak for themselves, you know. I think a team that, that really interests me and I think have, have potentially even got a, a major win in them is the Sonics. Um, you know, it's a team that draws a lot of attention <laughs> one way or another. Yeah. And they certainly draw a lot of attention, but currently sat in third place. Um, you've got to remember as well, um, that as, as we speak, in NAL's a lot further along the line than yeah, EUL is. is. We've only had three play days in EUL, but they're playing twice a week, so they're currently sat on having played six of their games. Um, so this is actually pretty close to to final standings at this point for NAL. There's only a few games left, only three games left to go for them. Sonic sat in third and X set in second and 
you know, what a what a fairy tale story it's been for those two teams over the last few stages. Sonic's a little bit longer term. The yeah. exit have been more recent. Um obviously um with a, a change of a few players and whatnot at the beginning of the year, a bit more of a Latam focus for the team. Um a few players that uh, that we know. But yeah, I mean they've I think their development is what's driven NAL for me because that's where the depth has come from. I think, and there's been no question as to can we afford not to adapt? We have to adapt here. You know, we've got this young team in Exet. We can't just afford to, you know, keep playing the way that we've played and it forces that sort of progression and that development. You mentioned there the Sonics. I think that, you know, some of the siege they play and certainly uh, the theory of where it all comes from, it's all very solid. It's all, you know, coming from bedrock almost in terms of how they fundamentally want to approach the game. And it's good to see that it's rewarding them now as well and that it isn't relying on, you know, particular sort of bouts of energy or big hype plays and stuff. It's just going through the motions and it's... It's actually yielding a result for them there. I think when we look towards the major, which is what I'm going to touch on in a second, Fabian, it's interesting to note, I know I've picked up on SSG being down in ninth, but it's also, I have to point out, it's remiss if I don't, that that's eight points for SSG. And we're talking about fourth place TSM having 10 points. You know, we are all the way down to ninth place, potentially competing yeah. still for major spots with three games left to go. Um as it stands, Oxygen X set Sonics and TSM are the top four. Do you see anybody cracking that top four? I mean, Astralis really showed up the last major, yes. and they played really well, and they, they had a really adaptive and, like, I don't know how you would put it, but, like, group-focused siege, where it felt like they had groups of players always finding a way to team play with each other, and at least activate their aggression at the same time. I think that NAL overall just have really good, uh, well, as XR said, they have the foundation, they have the basics mm. set down, and they all have these team leaders that I feel like we're lacking a bit in Europe. We have strong personalities that all will take grip of their team and say, this is the way we play, the five players buy into that idea, and then they all go for it. And even if, the way I've always said things is, if you have a bad plan, but you execute it as five, that plan will most likely succeed in comparison to a good plan executed one by one. And you need to work as a team because in the end, sure, we shoot people in the game, but if you do it one by one, there's always a way for your opponent to pick you apart and kind of just slice you up like a cake one slice at a time and eventually you get to the end of it. Mm. X, anybody for you looking to crack into that top four or do you think it stays as it stands? I'm not sure it's going to stay as it stands. I think there's potential. Uh, I was just actually looking over the fixtures there as to as to what we've got to sort of look forward to there. And on that last play day, play day nine, we've got Astralis versus SSG. Ooh, now, game, you mentioned there, Fabian, you mentioned that Astralis is someone that you'd like to see do quite well. They, they had a great show in at Charlotte. You'd like to see him do that again. And you look and you think, yeah, Astralis currently eight points. SSG currently eight points. There's only whatever the differential is, probably round difference, separating them at the moment, it could really all come down to the wire, even then. Yeah. My last mention, the team I'm going to go for that could crack into it, I'm going to bring up Beast Coast. Currently sat on nine points, going well this stage, and you can't discount a team that have got two of, I think, the top seven players at the minute on rating, top six, top maybe even, no, top five. Top two of the top five, <laughs> top 100. Um, two of the top five, Sweater and Surf. Both going very, very well. You know, the, t the names that people might not be as familiar with, but there's a definite possibility there if Beast Coast keep going the way they are, that they could potentially make it in here. And it'd be another NA team that we haven't seen getting into the major again. And I just think overall, the way I'm feeling now in stage two is 
Obviously, there was criticism of NA last year. I said it coming into Invitational. I wanted an NA team to do well because I was bored of hearing the jokes about NA, basically. <laughs> it was time for it to move on. And it did. TSM won it, and it, NA have responded fantastically well to those jokes, the memes, everything. That's what we've got to say, because they really have. You know, the, the, everybody knows you know, what was being said, and this has been their response. And there's now six, seven, eight teams that are going to be chasing down that major place. You know, how far they can go into the tournament will be seen, but they've just won the last two. So, you know, it goes to say that they might uh, might be able to continue. But moving us on to the APAC region, um, obviously split into APAC North and South. We'll take a, a look at APAC North to begin with, um, one that we're obviously uh, very familiar with. At the minute, it's very clearly divided into two sets of teams, Fabian. I mean, it is. It's it's both nationally, if you think about it. The Korean teams versus the Japanese teams. But we also have these teams that we are kind of looking into as like, these four teams are good, and these four teams are not as good. And I think we have, obviously, I think every single person who works in this studio have their clear favorite in Damwon. I don't think that there's any person here, yeah, that doesn't want to see them go to an event. And then it's a little bit spread out with some people. Like, like I personally, I enjoy watching Damwon. I wa- enjoy watching Sandbox and I watch, enjoy watching Talon. I think that Reject have impressed me a little bit lately and CAG, obviously, yeah. they play the CAG style. Mm. They just peak, swing, and shoot your gun as much as you can. If you have more than 10 bullets left in your entire <laughs> pool of bullets when the round is over, you've not shot your gun enough. Um, <laughs> so so that we have teams that are better and worse, and I think the divide is clear, but I think in the end, we only have two spots in APAC North. That's the big... That's I was going to mention yeah. that if you didn't. That's the big thing. So we have only two spots, and we have four, well, three slash four teams that we see as favorites for the region. I still believe, and I would keep saying it, I think that it's going to be Town and Damon that goes through, and then we see if Sandbox have a chance to snatch some points of town, but who knows? X? I think APAC for me has always been one that I've, I've really loved watching. Admittedly, don't get to watch it as much as I would like, just due to the time of day that it's on. Um, but typically, in and around the majors, they bring that exciting style of st- siege. There's something different. There's it? always something different. And they're not afraid to be early adopters of things. You know, we'll probably talk about this a little bit later on, but we were discussing new operators and we were sort of saying, oh, you know, we've seen, seen a bit of, this, a bit of this, a bit of that. But APAC have particularly been bringing it. And that's one thing that I really like about them. They're never afraid to try something. They're always willing to go and just throw something totally different into the mix. They don't conform to the general rules and the and the sort of traditional methods of the, the, the way the rest of the world plays. Uh, and that's one of the things that make it exciting. If you're going to put me on the spot, I would have to say Cyclops. I just think they're so exciting to yeah. watch. I know that current form maybe isn't in their favour. Um, but it's just up and down. The thing is, if they, there's if no they consistency. can find the consistency, yeah. they could definitely go and they could definitely put up a good performance. But their playing style is not consistent. It, 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 that's, you, that's you guys consider and say, oh yeah, they need to find their consistency. consistency. It's not repeatable. Yeah, but their play style is not consistent. Mm, so yeah. finding consistency in inconsistency, that seems kind of... Well, it comes iffy. down to luck, really. Yeah, yeah. it comes down, to, down to whether you, do you show up at a day or you not. You win on the day, yeah. yeah. It just and comes down to, to that. Unfortunately for them, it hasn't been working. And I, I think that that's one of those teams that they are hurt more than any other team by only getting two slots going through. Because yeah. they yeah. will consistently be top four, but where they end up in top four can be a completely different question every time. Yeah. So when they get to those playoffs, showing up on the, show, showing up on the playoffs that's enough for them to go through to the event. But you never know. They can always have that bad day. 
in this league right now, they're in a rough spot. I want to mention before we move on to APAC South, which we will in a second, um, I've got to mention Reject. We've mentioned them briefly already. So Reject, uh, for those less familiar with, with the APAC region, Reject finished dead last in stage one. They didn't play badly. They got six points. Um, they but, did up until the last few playdays. Yeah, they turned it around towards the end. They got themselves a couple of wins in the last few weeks. And so they've sort of really built on that. Like, yeah. fantastically well. They've got six points already this time around. Uh, you know, and again, we're only three players in. There's fewer games there. There's only three games left to go for them. Um, sorry, four games left to go. They play seven games. Um, but Reject are up there in third place. Yeah, it's, it's entertaining. Like, just adding on Window onto the roster from his sub-position yeah, yeah. we had before. He's like, he said it in the interview that we had with him. He's the hype guy. And you can clearly see it on their webcams when they're playing as well. They are so excited to play. Yeah. And every time they get a round win, you see them sharing, which we didn't see from them before. Mm. So I think that the mentality has been the biggest change for them. And that they haven't even changed, like they've changed one player. Usually that's not enough when you're getting crushed in a stage. Yeah. Changing one player will most of the time make very little difference. Yeah. Now they change one player and they look very different. They are confident. And the, the aggression we saw in the first play day from them Jesus, if you guys haven't seen Reject in the first oh, play, I guess Matic, so that is probably the most enjoyable APAC North game I've seen since I came onto this job. Genuinely fun. Yeah, uh, and, fun. and you're right, they find the confidence. That's yeah. what it is. And they're just hitting shots. They're playing for fun. They're yeah. laughing. You know, are they going to break into a major spot? I'm not sure that they will. No, they will. Um, you know, Dan Wonkia, they have pretty much got it locked down now. Yeah. Three out of, well, the top three. Uh, the top three rated players in APAC North are all from Dan Wonkia. Um, you know, Woogie Man, Yassin Quartered, going fantastically well. They're becoming household names in Siege. You know, everybody knows them. They are going to grab that top spot, I think, at this point. But that second place, there is room for a fight there. Tawon, Sandbox, Cyclops, potentially reject. You know, there's, there's going to be a big battle there. And it's the same for APAC South. If we have a look over at APAC South, um, obviously, same format, different set of teams. Um, so we've got eight teams again and two spots to go through. Um, it seems a little bit closer. Um, it seems... Once I can bring it up. It's much closer. It's much closer. It, it is, is much mu- closer. It is much closer. It's um, not a great spread at all. I think there's a six-point spread Yeah, top that's to it. Bottom. You've got seven down to, to one, essentially. Chiefs at the bottom with one point. Gaming Gladiators up at the top on seven points. Um, again, top two go through. Elevate is in there. Team that obviously we're familiar with from previous tournaments again. Got to be careful what we say about Elevate. Dev Mar will be watching this. Oh, he'll be, yeah, we all over yeah, that. He'll be straight in the DMs. <laughs> we love you really, Dev. Um, you know, Wildcard are currently in, sitting in third place. They're another team. Obviously, the way that I, I try to focus on this is who are the teams that people know? You know, that, yeah. that's their yardstick. That's their reference point of, you know, what sort of quality we're talking here. You've got Wildcard and Knights, Direwolves, Invictus. Uh, you know, there's teams there that are not making it near this top two at the minute. It's odd to see it as well. The teams that were doing well last stage, they are really struggling this yeah. one. Like, I mean, Invictus didn't make it last time either, but you look at it from the perspective of which teams are in the bottom. Well, the, the teams that actually went to the event and Direwolf yeah. is, what, fifth? It's Direwolf completely Chiefs crushed. Chiefs is eight. Yeah, yeah it, it, like they also made it to the event. So it's like we're looking at teams that made it and Direwolf were dominating last stage. And now they are completely gone. Maybe they let Haram be out of the cage. I don't know. He, <laughs> he escaped. <laughs> That's such a good name. 
I mean, Souffle is going well for them, second rated overall, but I think that's the problem really for Dire Wolves is they've got one or two good performers and then it's just not being backed up. That's that's part of the issue that's seen them slip down a little bit. I mean, for me, I'd love to see Wildcard get there just just for the skins. I just <laughs> I love the wildcard skins. We're going to Playing talk about skins. we're going to talk about them in a little bit. The share skins, but both of the wildcard skins now have been fantastic. They're a great team to watch as well. Very entertaining. But it'd be nice as well. Gaming Gladiators. It's a name that we've not had on the international stage yet in terms of um, the org. Um, so you know potentially they've got themselves one point clear. But as you said, there's, there's really not much wiggle room in APAC South at the minute. Seven points for Gaming Gladiators. Six six five follow the next three places that are all going to be fighting over that second spot. Do we think Elevate can hold on? Potentially. I don't really see any reason why not. It's, again, one of those situations where I feel like consistency comes in, but in a much different way. I feel like they very much try to play... Um, it's a different play style to, you know, you look at the Damwon Kears, you look at your Cyclopses and stuff like that. I feel like this is where you find a little bit more structure. Um, and that's demonstrated with the fact that they're getting themselves to majors and it's demonstrated with the fact that it's still really inconsistent because they're in those early stages of that. For me, Elevate, they're an exciting team to watch. I'd love to see them at a major. Yeah, I think that they should make it. I mean, this, as you say, there's no way, no reason why they shouldn't. Mm. They're a good team. They're a solid team. I think that we're seeing a, a very enjoyable league to watch just overall just because of how tight it is. And this is one of the few leagues where anyone can really beat anyone because you don't yeah. go from making it to the major to finishing eighth if you're not in an even league. And the same with Direwolves. You crushed the league last stage. Now you're fifth. And there's no, no like logical reasoning behind it except that all teams are competitive. Anyone could go through. If Elevate does it, Elevate does it. If they don't, they don't. It's I think I think much like uh, you know, much like I picked up on for Dials, part of the problem for Elevate potentially going forward is going to be the fact that four of the players uh, in terms of rating below average, not massively far away, but not hitting those one plus ratings. You know, not. Uh, not necessarily hitting the cost, not necessarily um, getting themselves up the up the stats board, if you will, and that could come back to bite them. You know, that could come back to bite them if they are too reliant on one or two players. I think people have some idea of attachment to plus minus green <laughs> rating. <laughs> yes, it does matter. Sure, if you go negative seven every game, you're not doing your part on the fragging department, but even if you lose games or if you have poor games, it's all about the points in the end of the stage. Mm -hmm. yep, and the, the thing is, we don't have the insight into the teams to see which people are necessary because there are players that will have negative stats. Look, Take Super as an example, right? Yeah. The structure and the, 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 just the way that he wants the game to be played is the correct way that I see it as well. But even if he cannot perform on the server, he puts his players in a position for them to do so. So the rating is whatever. Like, genuinely, rating doesn't matter to anyone except for the people that don't put themselves too deep into the entire project. And they need to look at more things. Look at The only time I'll sit there and say that a player can be criticized for their plus minus is if you sit down and study each individual team and say, this is the reason why he's going negative. Not that he just is going negative, because that doesn't matter. Yep. You need to figure out why he's going negative. Is it that he's actually playing bad, or is it because... His team is putting him in a position where he can't perform because of X, Y, Z reason. I think, for example, we can come back. To, it sounds silly, right? But why is Prono bottom rated in G2? 
Well, because half of the rounds, his front line goes in and dies within a minute. He's three versus five or two versus five within a minute 30. And then he has to go in on his own. Nobody drones for him. He has usually not the greatest guns. I mean, Ace Thermite has good guns. He bonded us too. But usually... If you're one versus five, they're going to swarm you like yep. you're a sugar cube well, you should, by ants. You just shouldn't be winning that. You shouldn't level. be winning yeah. them. So your rating will automatically be worse. And in defense, if your front line, again, is crumbling because your guys are doing solo plays, the enemy comes to the bomb site when you're five versus two or two versus five, whatever, and you'll again be shut down because they're coming from everywhere. It's easier to be a frontline player and have decent stats, but your team lose than it is for a support player to have good stats and you lose. Because they're always, they will always be able to put themselves in a position to get one versus one duels. But the back line will never be able to do that. The only time they'll be in a one versus one duel is if their front line kills the other guy yeah. and they get into a two versus two. So numbers is a blind staring contest that people don't really look into too much. But it's, it doesn't really tell you much unless you look really deep. So I don't think Elevate is going to struggle with now. Obviously, out with that rant. I don't think Elevate is going to be struggling because the players are playing in negative in, in rating. It's more of a team environment, and we need okay. to see why they're struggling if they are. Moving us on to the final region, then. It's going to be LATAM 1. I know that uh, you have a particular liking for X. W7M are going big again. This is probably one of the most exciting things in any of the regions for me. The fact that W7M, back-to-back, have come out of basically, let's say it, nowhere, and they've topped the table. Now, they've not finished yet. You know, they've still got games to play. They've got 15 points. But it's just so good to see that a team can come out of nowhere, put in a load of work, and go, yeah, you know what? We fancy the top spot for ourselves. Because every team talks about it. Every You, you never interview someone and you say, like, oh, who do you want to play next? Like, are you hoping... They just say, anybody. I just want to, I just want to win. I just want to beat every single person and win every game. So teams aren't going in there for second and third place, even the teams at the bottom. And that's just... It's shown there with, with what W7M have been able to do here. They've come in, they had a great stage one. And everyone sort of went, ooh, hang on a minute. What's gone on there? Has everyone just slept on them? Like, has everyone forgotten that they exist? And then they come out and do it again in stage two, and you're like, hang on a minute. We probably need to pay a little bit of attention to these boys because they're probably doing something right. I think another thing that we need to pick up on, Fabian, with LATAM, is those top four teams, as it stands at the minute, there's three games left to go. They're the same stage as NAL. Um, W7M, Furia, Black Dragons, Team 1. Uh, a couple of names there that we might expect. You know, we've seen Furia consistently at major events recently. Team One obviously won in Mexico and we've seen them thereafter. But W7M and Black Dragons, two teams that you might not expect. But I think also important to mention here is the teams that are absent from that list that we might expect to see there. FaZe, MIBR, Liquid, NIP, none of them in a top four major spot. That's not how it works in Brazil. They go through to the Copper Elite Six. So we're looking at the top six, but they yeah. still have to beat these top four teams. You know, they're the ones really that you're often looking at getting through to the major. And that's that's a wild drop-off for some of them teams. Are we looking at NIP to be a top team? Can't remember seeing that in the last stage. No. Uh, V7 well, this is, it's, it's, it's now it's, becoming consistent. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's, it's that's consistently the bad. Yeah. 
I, I'm actually proud that V7M is doing well because I spoke to Jack and Jack obviously isn't the numbers guy and I'm just here for my personality rather than my, anything of, uh, of value when it comes to numbers or anything like that. Um, Jack said that he don't think V7M will perform and I said they will. So that's my proudest take ever and I have never <laughs> been more proud in my life. Winning Invitational is nothing in comparison to being correct over Jack. But yeah, we're seeing these big teams that we expect to see at basically every event, and we used to see them at every event, they're starting to crumble. I think there can be multiple reasons for that. I think that a lot of these teams, they find a way to succeed, and therefore they stop innovating, and they stop trying to do new stuff. And then we see the newcomers come up, and they have these new ideas on how to play it, because they've watched these guys play day in and day out, they figure out how they play, and they'll be like, I know a way to do it better than them. And it's, I think it's mostly about... Uh, I feel like Brazil has this, such an aggressive region in playstyle that it's, to me, it feels like they come kind of set like analytics behind in a way that they don't really check each other out as much in terms of counter analysis. Mm. I think that when you have an aggressive team, if you can find a counter analysis to that, it's usually to just let them make their mistakes because they're going to play aggressive and you know it. But where are they going to play aggressive and in which timings around what time? Find those out. And I think that some of these more experienced teams that have more experienced players, they should be able to find that. Why it is that way, I, I don't know why they're struggling that much. I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched much of Latham, but they, it seems like there seems to be just new players coming up with more passion. I think it's interesting that you say that because obviously there was a big discussion around Latam at the time where they were winning everything last yeah. year and it was very much that they've always had that mechanical ability, they've always had that aggression and they've found the strategies, they've found that backroom staff, they've found that mentality and it almost feels like it's gone into a dip again and there's some teams that have come along and have just started winning out with the aggression and, and we're back to a little bit yeah. of that and it's like there's going to come a point maybe in a few months and you know where I'm going that W7M turn up with the strategy and Black Dragons turn up with the strategy and we have that bit of sort of LATAM supremacy again. Yeah, I think you touch on a couple of good points there and Fabian, you do as well. I think something that I really like is the idea that you, how, how many times, how many seasons can you play aggressively for? Can you consistently put in that performance? Nescompalu, no one on Liquid's positively rated. Absolutely no one. Everyone's floating like a 0.9. Now, I know you don't like your numbers, so just hold yourself back for a second. But you've got to have one person that's positively rated. Someone's got to be doing something. And guess what? It's the reason they're currently in eighth. It's terrifying to think that Paolo and Nesk aren't going out there and picking up a ton of kills. Is it fatigue? Is it, have they just been doing it for far too long now where they just can't go out there and put in that performance again and again? Backroom staff, you throw that into there. They've lost Silence. Silence obviously moved Big on change. from Liquid. It's a huge change, especially given that they just put a couple of new players in. Um, team changes go even deeper. NIP, touched on them. Um, they're in ninth. It seems weird to be talking about this sort of area of the table, but these are the teams that you're going to recognise. These are the teams that you're going to be looking at going... I remember watching them at Invite. I remember, you know, seeing these guys lift a hammer sort of thing. Obviously, they lost Julio. Now, that was a really big blow for them. He went to the best place, in my opinion. He went to <laughs> Furia. And for the longest time, and we've had conversations about this, you know, just while we've been chatting and sitting, Furia needed a little bit of direction. 
And I think that the old wise sage head of Julio is going to be just exactly that. Imagine the calls now. Imagine the telling off that Fancy's going to be getting if he goes and tries to do something <laughs> stupid when he's got Julio in his ear. It's just not going to happen anymore. So he's just going to become even more deadly. Um, and for me, obviously, if you're a team that dates my heart, sat there in second. So it's good to see these younger teams coming up. Uh, and you mentioned there Black Dragons, Tim. It's... It's fantastic. You know, you would not have expected that of Black Dragons. They were consistently a fifth, sixth place team that were always just fighting for that last spot. They were fighting to go to the Copa Elite Six to maybe win a game and just not make it again. But now they're sat there in, what, third? And it's looking like, yeah, you know, we've got team one on 11 points, but is anyone really going to upset them that much? Or are we going to see the classic last time where teams just flick the switch in the last three play days and just <laughs> soar up the board? I don't know. Who knows? As you said, like big shakeups in Latam is the takeaway for that region. I think this stage really, and we're going to see some new names at the major, which I always love. I, I feel like when when we sit there and talk about it, if you think about it, when they're changing out old players and they're changing out their staff, it might be that these old teams have started to lose the trust or the belief in the system that they're playing, and yeah. therefore it, it feels like rather than rather than seeing themselves as an issue and taking self-responsibility, they just change staff or they change a player that's been there that's been controlling the, the, the play style. And instead of getting the back onto the top that like, they expect, they pick up new blood here and then they, like, n- not new blood in terms of new ideas. They keep with their old ideas that they had before, but they don't pick up the person that had those ideas. Yeah. They're dropping those. So they're dropping staff and they're dropping leadership personalities to pick up new players. New players that won't be the leader that they're looking for. He won't bring his new playstyle in, like takes, for example, Julia to Furia. Do you think he will have more impact there than a new blood will for NIP? Obviously he will, because they will look up to him. But yeah. NIP's player will not look up to a new guy that's been in Challenger League, because... Who is he? Yeah. So we're taking guy, these kind of guys that had this structure of it, putting them away from your own team because, oh, now we're struggling a bit. But could it be more that they don't take individual responsibility for their failures? They look at the structure. They try to change the structure, but instead they get less of it and they fall even further because that's kind of what we're seeing, right? Yeah. All the coaches are leaving these teams or all the leadership personalities are leaving these teams for other places they pick up new guys and everyone's like, oh, we're hyping these guys up. They're such talents. And then they fall even further. It, it, it makes sense. And, and what, you've, what you've said there, it, it has been proven to, to work like that because you look at Asking Resets coming in for Liquid a couple of seasons ago, uh, replacing PSK and Sexy Cake. It was huge. It was massive. They were looking up to Parlunesque, Silence and PSK and they were like, you could just tell these were like 18-year-old kids playing Siege with people that they will have watched play in big competitions and looked up to and they, they probably can't believe the look that like, I'm on a team with this guy. Like, I'm on a team with Nesk. Just let that sink in for a minute. And they played really well off the back of it. And then they lose the support staff and all of a sudden things start to change. I don't disagree with the change though. And that's something I want to make clear because how many times can you nearly get there before you go, we've got to do something. Sure, NIP won. But after that, they'd they'd almost completed. It was like they'd achieved that goal and there was, like there was relaxed. They did. They, it was they, like, right, oh, we've done it. You would though, yeah. wouldn't you? You know, you've been working all that time to get there. You finally get there and you're like, we've done it now. Like, yeah. let's just take our foot off the gas. For a I disagree. <laughs> I don't think as a competitive player, you ever get to that position. It's like, I've won, now I'll stop. You never get there. When you have won once, you get the hunger to win again. I can tell you that winning the first event gave me hunger to win the second one even more. 
Mm. And then winning the first Invitational gave me more hunger to win the second one than ever before. Just a casual so, flex. Yeah. And then I have another Pro League title and a few <laughs> Dream Hack now. But it, it's like the hunger you get from winning and the adrenaline you get from winning at an event, I don't think that's where you're going to stop. We're never going to see person get, I'm happy now. You want more. You are a greedy person. Like that's just how it works. You don't get. To I mean, that's why you get there greedy. in the first place, yeah. right? That's... You want to be the best. Yeah. There's no holding you back. And I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that's the reason for NIP's fall. I, I, I feel like we've just started to lose a little bit. Of respect. Uh, this is something that Europe is also struggling with. I think we have, both our regions have lost respect for leadership, and for discipline, and for structure, and we kind of just replace those people with. Lesser experienced players that I'm sure might be better mechanically or staff that doesn't have the same experience, but at least they think the same way as you do. And then they're struggling instead. Well, we are, of course, looking forward to the Berlin Major. All that said, um, we're going to have teams from all the regions going there. We've discussed largely who they're going to be. Um, we've got a beautiful venue lined up, sold out. We've got a European crowd. Obviously, there's going to have to be some big chants brought along now after yeah. Dez's outrage at the <laughs> uh, the US chants. Um, so we're expecting a lot from the European crowd. It's an event that I'm really looking forward to. Um, you know, just having that audience back again um, is the energy from Charlotte. It's just it's such a big thing having everybody there, having the community together. Do we think NA are going to continue? And I'll ask you, I'll ask you quickly because we're going to be wrapping up in a second. But do we think that NA continue? Or is there going to be a new challenger? And I know my answer. I'll say yes and then pass it over. Ooh. See, I think that there is definitely such thing as a home ground advantage. Oh! <laughs> this tournament's in Europe. You do remember that? But it's in Copium. Europe. So what, what sort of a, who are we looking for to exploit this advantage? I don't know. Um, I think that NA played very well in Charlotte. And I definitely think that playing on home soil for them was a really big factor as to why we saw them do so well. Uh, and it was, of course, really nice to get an All-NA final. You are dreaming, I think, if you think you're going to get an All-EU final in Berlin. Not it's just not going to happen. <laughs> no, but, you know, we can, we can, we can hope and pray. But I, I don't, I don't, I'd be as happy seeing Latam win it, honestly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my neck on the line. And I'm going to say that this is the one for APAC. Oh, okay. I think Dan Wonkia are playing well in APAC North. I think they're going to qualify. Um, that much I feel very confident about. And I think they're going to do it this time. We've seen them go as far as the semi-final. Sweden Major lost the phase. Very good game. One of the best I've ever cast. Um, and yeah, I, I'm going to put my neck on the line. And I'm going to clip this when they've won. <laughs> and I'm going to put it all over the timeline where I called it. Dan Wonkia. You don't have to clip it because it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I think that NA will take this tournament as well. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to see at least two NA teams in the semifinals. Could be three. Um, and I think that they're going to grab it out no matter who they play against. Which team from NA, I couldn't tell you. I just think that, that overall, they are the most stable region. And just because of the playstyle that they have with, uh, with a lot of structure and leadership and then having these talented players around that, I think that that is the core to a deep run in a tournament. Yeah. And that's why I believe in them. I think that all the other teams are day-to-day -day teams. And most other regions are day-to-day -day regions. Europe has definitely turned into a day-to-day -day region. LATAM has always been a day-to-day -day region. APAC, I don't think they're just yet there. They're not far off. I just think that any have everything that they need to go deep. 
Okay. Well, we're not going to have to wait too long to find out. There's a few weeks from the point of us recording this. Uh, a few weeks left. A couple of super weeks in EUL where we will be catching up to any and Latam. Um, I think the last thing that I wanted to mention was obviously the uh, the new um, level two share skins are out. Um, they have come forward. There's a few absolute crackers um, from that. Personal favourites. I really like the wildcard one. Again, I've already mentioned. I'm really pushing the wildcard skins, <laughs> aren't I? It's just an absolute beauty. How much did they pay you? <laughs> Nothing, unfortunately. I mean, I must be shifting some of them. Um, Black Dragons as well, they've got a really I was going nice. to say, that was the one for me, I think. Yeah. That's, really super, that's super clean design. Really, really nice. Any that have stood out, Fabian? Uh, so, <laughs> okay. I've been a, a pro for such a long time. <laughs> and you want to know Are you on all funny? basic skins? You want to know something funny? Go on. I've bought two skins of eSports Share in my entire career. Really? Yeah. With a G2? No. No, no. Those, we, got, <laughs> we, got those, we, got, we got those for free. We got those for free. I haven't even bought the G2 video because that, that came out after I left. I never bought that. It's, it's, you can see, I have no loyalty. Fabian exposed. No loyalty whatsoever. I bought two skins. Navi for Doki. Yep. That's a long time I've ago. Got the skin. And then when we had beaten Empire, I bought their skin just because I won more money than them. That's the two skins I bought. So I'll be honest with you, I don't really check them too much. Uh, I, I, well, have a I look, think it's Invictus some skins that I there's really enjoy. Yeah, there's some really. Is that nice the one ones. with all the, the the little animated characters on it? I think it is. Yeah, Invictus I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Then that's my favorite. There's the, there's some very nice ones. Um, if you haven't had a look, make sure that you do go and check them out because there's, as I say, some absolute beauties there. But that is, I mean, we could have talked all night. I think between the three of us there. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for the Prep Phase podcast, uh, brought to you by Predator Gaming. Thank you very much and it's going to do it for us for now we're going to see how the rest of this stage plays out and then of course we will be heading into that Berlin major that everybody's excited about and which region is going to be on top so stick around there will be future episodes of the podcast coming along as well and hopefully we'll see you back for those planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.